Praise the Lord. Thank you this morning. Acts chapter 14 and a verse out of Acts 15. And so uh, I want to do a, a class for a few weeks um, on uh, follow-up and a little bit different stream. And um, what I want to do is address the need to follow up on people. And, and basically what this is, and, and we'll get into this this morning, give some definition. But it's, uh, it's caring for people, especially new converts. And one of the uh, problems as a church grows and gets larger, uh, what once was natural when the church was smaller, uh, everyone who came through the door uh, was everyone who went to the altar. Uh, you, because the church was smaller, uh, you desperately needed them uh, uh, you uh, had uh, seemingly the heart for them. Uh, but one of the things as the church gets older and grows and etc., a large numbers of people can be converted, uh, uh, but they slip through the cracks. Uh, sometimes I'll ask, well, uh, where's this person? And I, I don't know their name, but I can remember their face. I'm very good with faces and and identities and stuff. And I'll say, they came to the altar. They prayed right there. And no one knows. Uh, or, um, uh, you know, hundreds of people can pray, and we thank God for that. But it takes uh, much more than just a prayer or response to the altar or conviction to establish them that they may live for God. And that's our aim. Our aim is to see people make heaven their home, not just to... Maybe ease their conscience for a moment uh, uh, or find some kind of relief at the altar. That's part of it. Uh, but I'm talking about more than just uh, a casual embracing, uh, I need Jesus uh, and I'm going to pray a prayer and um, I need to be uh, born again or I need to have this encounter with God. We're talking about establishing people that they will live for God for the rest of their life. They're going to make decisions. They're going to integrate into the church body, uh, into the body of Jesus Christ. And then eventually, they're going to be disciples. They're going to make impact. They're going to have influence. They're going to step into ministry and etc. And so I want to read Acts 14, verse 21 and 22, and we'll give you a chance, and uh, I know we have a lot of people involved in follow-up, great ministry, and they've done a great work, but it's everybody's responsibility. It's your responsibility, it's my responsibility, everybody's. Acts 14, verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, uh, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Acts 15, verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And so uh, here their concern is not just that someone uh, 
uh, has this experience with Jesus, uh, not just that they pray a prayer somewhere and ask the Lord to forgive them, but that they are established, uh, that they become disciples, um, that they go on to flourishing and destiny in God. And so uh, what we're talking about, so what is follow-up? It's a spiritual work um, whereby you're grounding a new believer in the faith. It's your involvement with their life on a personal level that establishes them in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's doing our part. It's the retaining aspect of evangelism. We reach people by proclamation. People are saved because you either preach to them, you witness to them, you proclaim to them Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. You retain them by follow-up and you reproduce by discipleship. And so every new convert needs to be grounded They need to be established somewhere they're going to need help. It may not be immediate. They may come out of the chute like a flame of fire, but somewhere they're going to need relationships. Somewhere they'll be tempted. Somewhere they'll be attacked by hell. Hell will orchestrate people, life, etc. I remember I prayed a prayer one one night 42, 43 years ago. Prayed a prayer one night. I uh, didn't even have a clue really what I was doing. I just uh, I went down and prayed a prayer a child could pray. The next morning, two biker friends of mine showed up. Very next morning. Said, hey, man, we heard you got religion last night. Is that true? And I remember telling them, I said, well, I, I don't know, but I did pray and I asked Jesus to forgive me. But my point is, uh, uh, hell will send people to follow up on new converts. But will the church send people? Every new convert needs to be grounded because they're going to be tempted. They're going to be demonic assaults. They're going to be challenged. What just happened at an altar, that miracle of being born again, that's going to be challenged by their own doubts, fears, family, and et cetera, et cetera, demonic And so real evangelism is not just an event. We're going to hear some reports this morning, great things happening. But it's not just an event, it's a process. How many mothers and fathers do we have here? Let me see your hand. Your mother, father, lift up your hand. When you you and your wife or you you have a baby, what did you, did you just have the baby and say, glory to God, hallelujah, and, and walk off? Uh, just, you know, you, you went out to eat, went on with your life, and said, well, somebody will take care of that baby. Uh, you, just, you just had the baby excited, took the pictures, uh, filled out a card, a convert card, a new baby's born, uh, and then you just uh, you went to work, went home, uh, went to your activities, uh, and uh, maybe you even, you even went on about your kingdom business, but you just left it. I trust you didn't do that. Uh, Some people do do it. They call it abandonment. It can uh, be a crime, a criminal offense. That's not just true in the natural. 
That's true in the spiritual. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. That's why we call them new converts, new babes in Christ. They may be 50 years old, but in Christ Jesus, they're a new babe. Okay? And so we have a responsibility, just like if you're a mother or you're a father, you're a parent, you felt a responsibility, I trust you do. One of the tragedies of America today is where people are trying to throw off. But if you have a child, you have a responsibility, not just to throw seed around, but you have a responsibility for that life that comes into the world. You have a responsibility to that child. Uh, That's true in the natural, but it's also true in the spiritual. Some people have a greater ability to work with new believers or new converts. That's just reality. It's like it's it's in their spiritual DNA. Some people, uh, you just you, you have a gift of putting people off or discouraging people, or or whatever. I don't know what your gift is. But anyway, uh, I do know some people just seem to have a grace uh, when it comes to new converts. Someone get for me 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 through 12. Who will get that for me? Anybody got your Bible? James, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12. Uh, So here's the Apostle Paul and he uses terminology uh, that, that I believe applies when you're dealing with new converts. A uh, uh, very familiar portion of Scripture, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12, if you'd read that. But we were gentle among you. Okay, gentle among you. Even as a nurse nurses her children. Okay, as a nursing mother nurses her children. So being affectionately desirous. Affectionately. We were willing to. Longing for you. Go ahead. Willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for labor and night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. You are witnesses in God also how holily and justly, unblameably, we behaved ourselves among you that you believed. As you know, we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. Okay, listen to As a father does his own children, we comforted every one of you. We affectionately had longings for you, gentle among you as a nursing mother. Now, he's talking about converts. He's talking about a church. He's talking about ministering to new believers. Not, not, you, you take that baby home from the hospital. Uh, you don't start making demands on that baby. Listen, you're going to clean your room. You're going to brush your teeth. Well, wait a minute. You don't have any teeth yet. Uh, you're going to brush your teeth. Yeah. You know, and, and you start. And same with new converts. You don't overwhelm them with demands. Um, give them time to grow. Work with them. Gentle, he said, among you. Uh, you're gracious. Uh, the, the, the ability to apply redemption. Uh, you know, you, you know, you know. first time you meet him, you're ripping earrings out of his ears and trying to cut a tattoo, you know, off his arm or something. And I, you know, I'm, I know you don't do that. 
But I'm talking about where where you you have the ability and the grace. um, You're concerned about their soul. You're loving them as a father does his children, Paul said. uh, uh, Affection for them. Comforting them. Let me ask you, is that you? Because uh, not everyone has the patience and the commitment many times and the flexibility to work with new converts. Over the years, not, uh, not often, but there's been a few times, every time this person got with a new convert, there was a dead body spiritual body floating in their wake. And finally I went to him. I said, please do me a favor and God a favor. If you see a new convert on that side of the building, you go on that side, okay? If you see if they're on that side, you go on that side. Because just something about them and uh, uh, their uh, personality, uh, their vocabulary, their demeanor, uh, it, was, it was the exact opposite of what Paul's talking about. Um, and they, they weren't wired for new converts. Doesn't mean God doesn't love them or we didn't love them. But it takes pain, just like a, some mothers flip out trying to take care of babies. Doesn't mean you can't learn, but some, you don't have the patience, you don't have the grace. You understand that? That baby has to be trained and loved and nurtured and cared for. And, um, uh, you know, no doubt every mother here somewhere along the way, you just want to take that baby over to your mother's house or somewhere and just leave it. And uh, um, I hope you didn't do that, but anyway, maybe for a night or something. But um, uh, what we're talking about is the same dynamic in follow-up. And so so what's the aim and what has to be imparted uh, uh what makes follow-up effective? And so um, uh, you have to impart that they are accepted by God. That's one of the first battles they'll face. They get saved. I remember when I was, I, I remember thinking, I can't live for God. Why would God accept me? I've, I've screwed my life up. I've, I've done things that I'm ashamed of. Why in the world would the church or God? And the way they understand that God accepts them is when you accept them. With their flaws, with their scars, with their wounds, with all the dynamics, uh, uh, their flaws, their stains, uh, the baggage they bring into the kingdom of God. But you accept them and that gives them assurance that God accepts them and God loves them. Somewhere, you hear me say over and over, um, uh, if you'll, when people get saved, if you'll pray, you can pray. You got, you encourage, you can talk to God. He's a person. You can pray. You encourage him. Listen, when you're tempted, when you're in trouble, you can pray. Read your Bible. We give them a New Testament and, and encourage them. Uh, you may not. I had someone call me the other day, Pastor. I'm having a hard time. I got, I got this. I can't seem to understand it. I said, No problem. I didn't understand it either when I started reading. And um, uh, it's, it's. Uh, it's foreign language many times. And, but you just keep reading and, and it'll help you. It's food for the soul. Um, and so you have to begin to encourage them to do. In other words, it can't just be all, uh, you know, uh, hamburgers and, and BS. Or that's baloney. 
But anyway, uh, it can't just be uh, hamburgers. and it, There has to be some spirituality involved in it. And we're, we're not talking about, uh, you, you know, you, you've, uh, you're giving them the great revelation of the mark of the beast and the seven-toed kingdom uh, and uh, uh, the devil, you know, and, and he's, he's in the politics today and, the, you know, the Antichrist. And we're not talking about, we're talking about basic stuff. We're talking about, though, there has to be some spirituality involved. And you slip things into them. You, you're able to say a word here and there uh, that, uh, listen, you can live for God. And you, maybe you give some of your testimony. Or you point out someone in the church that comes from their background that are living for God. Uh, and and you're, you're using wisdom. You're listening to their story. Amen. Then somewhere uh, along the way, you begin to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare, about resisting the devil. Because you're in a spiritual battle. You're somewhere along the way, and, and uh, some, you, you encourage them maybe to get in a new converts class, um, or you encourage them, you know, um, after a sermon someone preaches or a revival like we're in, uh, you ask them, you know, uh, what do you think of that? What do you think of that sermon? What'd you, and they'll tell you. And out of that, sometimes you can begin to move and give understanding about spiritual warfare. Sharing their testimony is so critical. That that morning, uh, uh, many, many years ago, I'll never forget it. I had no clue what had happened to me. But that next morning when these two friends showed up, hey, we heard you got religion. And if I'd have denied it there, who knows? I wouldn't be here today, no doubt. But I said, I don't know that I got, but I did pray and ask Jesus to forgive me. And the moment I testified about him, whew, and you've heard me tell the story. I took off with them. <clears throat> I left with them, which is not a good idea. But I left with them, and I went witnessing all day long. And I looked up, and it was dark, and it's like minutes had passed. And um, Connie thought I'd probably already backslid, but I didn't. Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord. God help me. But what I did without knowing it, if you confess him before men, he'll confess you before his Father, which is in heaven. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart you believe, but with the mouth, Paul said, confession is made unto salvation. These are critical. These are critical. These are, these are dynamics that will cause them to survive life, hell, people as a child of God. And, and the wisdom to know when and, and just to help them and encourage them. You have to integrate them into church life. What, I, what that means is, is sometimes you, hey, let's go to church. I'll come get you. Hey, come on, let's go to church. We'll go out and eat later. Or if they, you know, used to when I could play basketball, we'd have 40, 50 people out there on Sunday nights playing basketball. And, we, and some of them just came for the, but they'd come to church, so we'd, Go play. And they're just different things that you do that, that you encourage them to be in the house of God. And you encourage them, you know. Uh, water baptism is critical. As I mentioned, Bible studies, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of this is involved. Uh, and you, what you're saying is, look, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, who are you following up on? Who are you imparting that to? 
are you injecting that in? Most of you here, you, you know that. You know what I'm saying. Who are you following up on? And it's a combined effort. It's not just one person. It's not you take this person and you just can. They, it, you encourage them to be a part of other people who can impart things to them that maybe you can't. It's like a tree, the more roots they have with people in the church, when the winds and the storms come, they'll stand. Amen. And so how does it work? What's our strategy? They pray. They ask God to forgive them at an altar call. May have been last night. We'll hear a report about last night. May it be Friday night. And so, are, are you just like a gunslinger? You had an altar call and you carved some notches in your, in your John 3.16 or whatever. Or are they going to be here today? Because you went and saw them. They prayed Friday night and you made contact with them, got them there last night. Or they prayed last night and you made contact with them and your aim is, listen, we'll, we'll, let's go to church tomorrow. Well, I'll take you to lunch. Who are you following up on? Who followed up on you? Who are you following? Who are you imparting this to? And if you're not, why not? As I said, when a church gets older, you've got all these relationships, and it's like, you know, you've got this extended family. But let me ask you here, you know, uh, uh, Hugga and his family, they keep having kids and just had another baby. So because they've got all these boys and stuff, this baby comes along and says, ah, forget that one. Or Abraham and Sarah here. In the, uh, I mean, uh, we could go on and on. Others are having babies. No matter how many babies you have, how many babies you have, it doesn't matter. And so you may say, well, hey, I've, I've got this one and that one and that one, and, 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 and shoot, this one's out pastoring. See one of those flags? Well, well, well what about these at the Friday night, Saturday night, or this week, or last Sunday, or the last month? Well, what about those? Do you just, I... Who are you following up on? So you have them fill out a convert card if you pray with them. That's legible. Uh, a lot of times the best thing is introduce them to someone. Introduce them to myself. A lot of times I'll try to hang around up here. Sometimes I'm busy, but the staff and et cetera. You've got to make a connection. If you're going to follow up or you're a follow-up worker, you've got to make a connection. The best time to make the connection is when they pray. You got to make a connection. You're 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 wanting to build a relationship. Many times it's powerful if you prayed with them. If you prayed with them, you have a responsibility to them. I don't care if you're going door to door and pray with someone. I don't care if it's 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 extreme Bible study. Some of these if you pray with someone. You have a responsibility to them. Who are you following up on? Are, who are you reaching out to that's new? Who are you helping establish? 
Babies come, come through. The, babies are born at this altar. Are, are you a, a, a careless parent? Well, I've got my own ministry. Do you do that at home? Baby's born at your house. Well, psh, now I, I got my own ministry. I got laundry and I got, I got other things I do. Plus, I've already got two babies. And, and we'll talk about that. We need to focus and uh, don't spread yourself too thin. But uh, uh, you need to make connections. Follow Because follow-up is building a relationship with them. What you do when, you, when you're involved in follow-up, it, it's your just like these babies that come home. One of the problems with crack mothers is, is, is these babies are born horrible. And, and one of the things that they're dealing with a lot in society today is rejection, even in the womb. Illegitimacy, one of the problems is, is that rejection is conferred to that child before it's ever born. And it comes out um, uh, born into this world with problems. This is the, one of the agonies of a fatherless generation. Is, and, and, but in the house of God, uh, what, you're, what you're doing is when you reach out and when you speak to new people and you relate to new people and, and you're interested and you take time for them, uh, you, you, what you're doing is saying, I'm interested in you as a person. I'm interested. Tell me your story. Tell me where you're, how did you get here? Where are you from? What's happening? And, and a lot of times, they, they, and you've heard me say this, this wins their heart. Somebody cares about me. Someone wants to hear my story. Someone, someone is, is nobody, you know, in, in the world, you know. They, they could care less many times. Broken society, broken generation. What you're saying is, I've got time for you. How can I help you? You got time for people on a personal level? Time to invite them to your house? Time to just go have a cup of coffee with them? Time to listen to them? building a relationship let's have lunch let's get together let's do something come over I'll pick you up from church tonight we'll go out later what are you doing this afternoon do you do that or you just got your own little circle they're going to need a friend a friend who's living for God I got saved, Connie Knight, and you've heard me, Dion Thompson, Dion Middle Thompson. He was nothing like me. He's raised in church. His father was the deacon, Lawson Thompson, an old gentleman. They were, they'd been in that church, I don't know, from birth probably. I'm serious. Uh, he had never drank. He had never smoked a cigarette. I'd never seen him at one party in my life or one club. Uh, uh, he didn't ride motorcycles. He didn't. Uh, they, the church was their life. Had nothing in common with him. He didn't talk like me. He didn't act like me. Uh, and thank God he didn't think like me. Had, had nothing in common though. Nothing in common with him. And, and yet, they reached out to Connie and I. And, and I mean, looking back, it was hilarious. He worked. 
he was a machinist like a, a tool and die guy. And he worked, man. He got up every morning early, went to work, worked hard all day and every, everything. And, and shoot, I hadn't worked. <clears throat> hadn't worked in two and a half years or so. And uh, didn't want to work. I like to sleep during the day and stay up all night. And we, I can remember Connie and I being at their house. And, and I mean, midnight, you're just getting rolling good, man. <clears throat> and he'd disappear. I say, where's Dion? He's, 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 he went to bed. Oh, okay. We, you know, when you're partying, people disappear and stuff. It's not a big deal. And so we just, we didn't, we didn't get the hint. Hey, maybe we ought to go home and go to bed. And, and, but, but they, they fed us. They loved us. They reached out to us some. Uh, uh, took us places, took us to, to, to revivals, took us to church. Um, I came uh, and, and followed up. And, I mean, nothing in common. I wondered today if we'd be here if they hadn't have done that. Who are you following up on? You don't have to be like somebody. You have to be able to. They, he couldn't identify with nothing that I'd done since I'd been in their midst. But they cared about us. They cared about us. What about you? Who are you following up on? I want to I stop for just a minute. And uh, 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 any input, any, any, any response, because everyone that gets saved at this altar, you may not have brought them, you may not have prayed with them, but we are all responsible for their souls. And follow-up is not just a, a, a one-time experience. Follow-up is not, uh, we're not just talking about they prayed a prayer. We're talking about establishing some kind of rapport and relationship and imparting to them that you're accepted by God and us, we love you. You can pray. You can read your Bible. If you'll come to church, God will change your whole world. We're here to help you. We're here to, you know, I may not be able to answer all your questions, but any questions you have, tell us your story. How, where were you from? How did this happen? What? And they, they're wanting a friend. They desperately need a friend that's living for God because they've probably got them in the world. And they're going to show up. And somewhere they're going to be tempted. Somewhere they're going to be attacked. Uh, somewhere hell will mount a strategy. And if you're there many times, we'll talk about that. You can work them through that and help them. Yes, Dion. Yeah, I remember um, a while back um, I was in, in follow-up and there was this girl that I had met and she got saved and so I wanted to follow up on her and so I mentioned it to somebody else and they were like, while you're not in follow-up, you should go ask pastor if you can follow up on this lady. And I was like, oh. So I went and asked. And they were like, yeah, sure. Pastor Josh was like, yeah, go ahead. So then, you know, I was following up on her or whatever. And then um, later on, somebody else told me, oh, wow, you should ask that person if it's okay if you follow up on them because they're going to get mad. Ask what person? Like whoever was supposed to be following up on that person because they're like, well, some people get mad if you're following up on their person. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, I didn't know. And yeah. I was just like kind of like tripped out because, you know, I thought that like everybody is like can just follow up on, you know. Yeah, that, uh, 
and I understand, you know, if you're demon-possessed, they may not want you falling up on it. But, uh, but that's childish. They need relationships. People need relationships. Don't be threatened that someone else is going to help a new convert live for God. That's childish. That's immature. It's in grade school. We're talking about eternal souls for God. Yes, Raymond. And, and so, but what, uh, and I understand again, as I said already, some people um, uh, have the gift of death. And uh, uh, I don't know how it got in your DNA or what, but anyway, uh, uh, you, 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 you either need to change or, or whatever. Uh, and, but I'm talking about most people here. Listen, listen, there's someone, need, they need you. They need to see Christ in you. They need to feel the love of God through you. They need to feel the acceptance of God through you. And you care about them. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, you, you go down to the club with them or something. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, you're interested in them. I, I played basketball. I was on all kind of teams. And the only way I stayed uh, partially sane. And I remember the pastor, Ron Jones. He came to watch me play basketball one night. I was a new convert. Came to watch me, and and something in me was communicating. This guy, he he cares about me. He cares about what I'm doing. He not just after me to solicit me into church. He cared about what I. Now he, you know, and I didn't go back to the clubs no more. Nothing, and um, uh, I still had my motorcycle. He didn't go out and buy a motorcycle and start riding with me. You know, we'd have both been dead probably, but. Uh, uh, but he, in something that he could show, uh, I care about you. I'm interested in this. Raymond, go ahead. Uh, I was just thinking about what uh, AJ has said um, during the memorial service for Eunice and uh, something that you highlighted also is that um, to love the unlovable. And uh, that was something that, you know, when I first came into this church that I had felt uh, from the world and from my life and from even my family that I was just unloved. And, you know, like lot, lot you talk about, about being abandoned. And then also in that sermon, uh, the art of ministry, you talked about how, you know, it's easy for us to kind of gravitate and follow up on somebody that's like us, but it's hard for us to, you know, not to follow up on somebody that's not like us. And I've had conversations with Jason. I've had conversations with uh, Billy and Junior actually uh, the week before that sermon. And I was thinking inside of myself, like, who is the hardest for me to follow up on, you know, because it's easy, you know, coming from a similar background. And I'll be honest, it's uh, people that look like you. Like, the hardest uh, people for me, you know, I have to really rely upon faith and not some worldly experience or something that I've been through or something that I've read in some book. I have to rely solely upon God. And I think that that's that's an important factor. So I, I always attempt to, when I see someone that's completely opposite of me to step out in faith and uh, try to talk to them and communicate to them. And what God has shown me is that there is a lot of things that are very similar. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, you're not trying to impress them uh, you're of, of, of all your Bible knowledge, how spiritual you are. Uh, in the first, uh, you know, five minutes, you're talking to them. Amen. You're letting them talk. Yes. As most of you know, I got saved in Bullhead City. And three months after I got saved was the annual Harley run. And it was a Wednesday night, and I had just turned 21, and it was my first Harley run. 
and I had voiced to one of the sisters, I said, oh, my God, this is going to be the hardest weekend of my salvation. And she goes, why? And I said, because all the bikers are coming in. I want to go partying. She spent the entire weekend with me. She left her husband, and she came, and she spent the whole weekend at my house with me and my kids so that I didn't feel any kind of temptation. I didn't backslide because of it. She just, I'll just come spend the weekend with you. And I made her dinner, and, and it, I really think that that grounded me because I was really weak, and I felt it drawing me. And, she, and yeah. after that, the next year, I was fine. Yeah, the, um, uh, and let me ask you, uh, people call you in the middle of the night, and do you respond? Do you respond to people? Do you, just give me one minute, I'll get to you. Uh, do you respond to people like that? Well, if they call you and need you in the middle of the night, how many, again, how many mothers we got here? What about your baby in the middle of the night? They call you. What do you do? I don't, elbow your husband, maybe, you know. Uh, or do you say, ah, take care of yourself, kid. Grow up. What's wrong with you? Don't be bothering me. Don't you know it's lights out around here? What do you do? See, we're, we're talking about that same uh, dynamic. And so uh, 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 next week, uh, uh, why is personal follow-up uh, so important? Why is it so important? We want to deal with that. Thank you. Yeah, um. In my personal experience, I got saved in 2009, and uh, I backslid in 2010. But even through the times I backslid, Fred and his family kept reaching out to me, and I was in a lot of mess. And uh, there was a couple times they even had to call the police for me. But just showing, just by their influence, it showed me how much somebody really do care for me. And I didn't experience that. It just took me this year to realize what a family was. And just by their lives. And it just shows how when you consistent and be patient. Because they, they could just cut me off. But they just kept loving on me and I could not understand it. And even through all my problems and situations I was going through, they just kept being persistent and kept loving on me, and just like this past July, you know, they met my family, and they see, like, the different dynamics we have in my family, where, you know, we didn't really get uh, love, or even my mom, she was happy to, that they came, because she just realized what a family was, and it just shows how God can move in people's lives inside the church when you yourself doesn't realize it. I just thank God for this fellowship, for the follow-up, and for the love that you guys show. Amen. Uh, yeah, they, they need some living human being that cares personally, more than a sermon many times. More than a sermon. And, and we'll, we'll deal with that. It, it gets, uh, it'll wear on your patience, and uh, it's not convenient. And just like a baby, just again, how many mothers have we got? And they mess on themselves. They spit up. They do weird stuff. Amen. And uh, uh, I'll never forget uh, Stacy and Daphne when they was uh, dedicating Devin. 
It's written down in the annals of the Door Christian Center, you know. They do stuff like that. They'll embarrass you in front of God and the whole world. But, uh, uh, but it doesn't mean you just cast them off. Rose? I remember when I was a young convert, um, I was trying to make a decision to live for God. I really wanted to serve God. And I was at the altar, and I was praying, and I was crying and crying because I really wanted to serve God, and I would keep thinking of everything that I had done and stuff. And I remember, I don't remember who it was, but I remember this woman came behind me and knelt down behind me and just laid her hand on my back and started praying for me. And I looked behind, like, who's touching me? And I looked behind, and she's just crying. And she's praying for me and crying because she could feel the hurt I had. She didn't ask me what was wrong with my, she didn't want to know what was my problem, but she cared for me. And I think that's what locked me in because she genuinely really loved, cared for me. And nobody ever cried for me in the world. Nobody ever, you know, it's going to be okay. She, you could feel that she was hurting for me. And that, I think that's what really locked me in. That's when I realized this isn't a religion. This is a real relationship with God because they care for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so uh, who are you following up on? Who are you loving right now? Who are you weeping over? Uh, who are you caring for? Who are you spending time with? Who are you uh, going out of your way, interrupting your life for? Uh, because that's critical to their faith, their continuance, their living for God. That makes the difference. Remember what I said in the sermon Wednesday night. Ministry is uh, the ability to influence people for God who without you, they wouldn't make it. Without, we're not talking about people who are hitting on all cylinders. Um, and most people somewhere along the way will need you. But we're talking about, uh, have you forgotten that? See, as we get older as a church, and a lot of you raised in church, and, you, you, and, and that again almost is like a deterrent against that. Or you get older, and, and, um, and myself included. I remember we had five guys living with us at one time. And different times, people living with us. And, and uh, even uh, Connie, you know, and Elizabeth uh, used to live with us in different ones. And, and uh, some are here, some are out pastoring, some are gone. Some stayed for a week, some stayed for a month. Uh, some stayed till they got married and all kinds of things. And, uh, uh, but... But it's, it's each of you. And what will happen, I'll just say this in closing. When you reach out to other people and, and you're there for them and you're expending yourself for them, something powerful happens between you and God. God will be there for you. God will expend himself for you. God will reach out for you. One of the most powerful things you can do in life is to witness uh, and to serve uh, and and follow up and and speak to a new convert or somebody struggling. It's something powerful that God will do for you. God bless you. We'll pick it up next week. Amen. Thank you for your attention.